Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room Emotions in the Bible, and we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. And today we meditate on the life of Saint Paul Miki and his companions. They were killed in Japan in the 16th century in one of these persecution moments against Christians. And I want to read the prayer that St. John Paul II made in the visit to that Nagasaki hill. Today, I want to be one of the many pilgrims, says the Pope, who come to the Martyr's Hill here in Nagasaki, to the place where Christians sealed their fidelity to Christ with the sacrifice of their lives. They triumphed over death in one unusurpable act of praise to the Lord, in prayerful reflection before the Martyr's Monument. I would like to penetrate the mystery of their lives, to let them speak to me and to the whole church, and to listen to their message which is still alive after hundreds of years. Like Christ, they were brought close to a place where common criminals were executed. Like Christ, they gave their lives so that we might all believe in the love of the Father, in the saving mission of the Son, in the never-failing guidance of the Holy Spirit. Onishisaka, on the 5th of February of 1597, 26 martyrs, testified to the power of the cross. They were the first of a rich harvest of martyrs, for many more would subsequently hallow this ground with their suffering and death. There is no greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friend, says John 15:13. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit, continues John in 12:24. Christians died in Nagasaki, but the church in Nagasaki did not die. She had to go underground, and the Christian message was passed from parents to children until the church came back into the open. Rooted in this martyr's hill, the church in Nagasaki would grow and bloom to become an example of faith and fidelity for Christians everywhere, an expression of hope founded in the risen Christ. Today I come to this place as a pilgrim, says St. John Paul II, to give thanks to God for the lives and the death of the martyrs of Nagasaki, for the 26 and all the others that followed them, including the newly beatified heroes of Christ's grace. I thank God for the lives of all those, wherever they may be, who suffer for their faith in God, for their allegiance to Christ the Savior, for their fidelity to the Church. Every age, the past, the present, and the future, produces for the edification of all, shining examples of the power that is in Jesus Christ. Today, I come to the martyr's hill to bear witness to the primacy of love in the world. In this holy place, people of all walks of life gave proof that love is stronger than death. They embodied the essence of the Christian message, the spirit of the Beatitude, so that all who look up to them may be inspired to let their lives be shaped by unselfish love of God and love of neighbor.
Today I, John Paul II, Bishop of Rome and successor of Peter, come to Nishi, Nishisaka to pray that this monument may speak to modern man and woman, just as the crosses on these hills spoke to those who were eyewitnesses centuries ago. May this monument speak to the world forever about love and about Christ. And friends, he uh, wrote that message, delivered that message in 1981 on a visit there, on a papal visit there. The readings for today tell us about God creating the earth, separating the light from the darkness, the day from the night, the sky from the earth, the earth from the sea. There is this process of separation that takes place, this this ability to make light out of darkness and the process that our life will follow, that at times there will be darkness, like in this moment where these um, Jesuits and Franciscans were paraded through the streets. The story tells that their ear was cut off and they were paraded so that they would be insulted through the streets until they were taken to that hill in uh, St. Paul Mickey delivers his last sermon from the cross itself. And the way that the uh, Japanese would crucify, unlike the Romans uh, uh, that crucified Jesus, they would put these metal ribbits on the wrists, the ankles, the neck, and then they would pierce um, with two lances, you know, through the ribs. Uh, so it was a pretty grueling death to imagine that they were being asked to renounce Christ even from that position of incredible pain and they would remain there. So that was definitely a time of darkness. And we heard yesterday in the readings that we are to become light for the world, salt for the earth, sometimes in dire circumstances, sometimes when deep darkness is covering a particular moment in history. And in that moment in history, God continues to say, let there be light through the mouths and the deeds of those that are courageous and they allow the light from heaven to shine even at their the expense of their own lives. The psalm that we meditate on, 104, says, May the Lord be glad in his works. At the time when Jesus died and the church scattered because there was persecution, uh, people had to go underground. The same thing happened under the time of Paul Miki and his companions in Japan. The church had to go underground. The uh, The church took years to be able to come back out, but it was passed on. The message of the good news was passed on from parents to children and generations continued to, to, to share the, the message of truth. So in, in the works of the church, even when it has to go underground, the church sings, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great indeed. You are clothed with majesty and glory, robed in light as with a cloak. How else can somebody give up their life, be tortured, be paraded, be ridiculed, be brought to the square where as they they were walked 600 miles, Paul Mickey and his companions, and they endured abuse. And throughout those 600 miles on foot, you can imagine, they had many opportunities to give up the faith to the point that they're put on the cross to give up their faith. So unless they are in this place of the presence of the Lord, unless their soul is saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, you are great, you're clothed in majesty. 
that they can say you fix the earth upon its foundation, not to be moved with the ocean as with a garment you covered it, the mountains, above the mountains the waters stood. These psalms that are a reflection of the creation of the Lord that must have been a place where they found solace, seeing the sunrises and the sunsets, the constancy of creation around these martyrs walking for miles to their death, being given many chances to renounce their faith. How did they remain faithful? How did they remain connected? Did they experience acts of kindness from others along the way who maybe also risked their lives to be kind to these people that were paraded through the streets? The Lord Jesus in the Gospel in Mark chapter 6, we've seen that his cousin's uh, death has caused an unleash of activity. We see the, the um, disciples return two by two from practicing the works that the Lord had entrusted them, casting out demons and healing the sick. And they have gone into the countryside and they have come back. And then Jesus has multiplied the bread and there's been a lot of healings. And today... Jesus and the disciples come to the land of Gennesaret and they leave the boat. They've been going across this lake, which is the, the you know the Sea of Galilee. That this lake has many different names, but they come across, and as they come out of the boat, people recognize Jesus, and they bring the sick wherever they are, so that Jesus may touch them. In what way did Jesus touch the souls, the the consciences, the mindsets of these martyrs that they are willing to endure what they endure what encounter did they have with the lord that it touched them so profoundly that they were transformed to the point of giving up their life this is our prayer today the prayer from the words of the gospel we beg the lord that we might touch him that we might touch the tassel on his cloak and that we may be healed of all the things that are preventing us from stepping boldly into the book of life that the Lord has for us. Father Almighty, we thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your majesty. We thank you for the display of your love in creation. We thank you for the word that you have spoken over us. Your word is active and alive, and we ask that this word may be truly activated, that we may spread the gospel with our works, with our life, with our words, that we may touch others so that they may see you, may experience you. Father, we ask that today you will touch the parts in our life that are dark, that you make life and light out of them, that you will touch those people in our life for whom we're praying that are sick, Father, that your light may may come upon them, that they may experience that touching of your tassel, of your cloak, Father. We ask for those in our lives that are dark in their spirit, in their mind, Father, that they're confused, that they're acting in wrong ways, that they're causing division, they're, they're acting out of fear, Father, that you will send an angel and with healing balm and that they will be healed, Father, that they will turn around, that they will turn their ways, that they will see your light, Father. We ask that you will help us today to live from your glorious destiny for those that you call your children. Thank you for calling us your children. We do not deserve it, but you forgive us time and time again for our misgivings, misdoings, for our lack of courage for our lack of 
alignment with your words and your ways. Father, we thank you for forgiving us. We thank you for giving us second chances. And we ask that today we may do better than yesterday and that we may give you glory in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to The Inner Room, a space where we ponder the inner movements of our heart to find God by finding examples and instructions in daily scripture readings. The emotions in our hearts can help us or hinder us in our spiritual journey. Open your heart, explore your emotions, and align thoughts and emotions with God's plans for you. When we learn to feel and align our emotions, we advance in our prayer life by loving more deeply, remaining in peace more often, and finding courage for the journey of life. My name is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and a big shout out to my son Marco Niño, producer of this podcast. Sit back or walk with us. You are most welcome here. Thank you.